Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. America's two great pastimes collide on this podcast. It is baseball and making money from the dog days of summer through the October Classic. Greg Bases Peterson's going to be free swinging at the betting board as he tries to hit a grand slam for your bankroll. Now here is GP. Just absolutely tremendous Thursday to one and all. Welcome into the Vivid Seat Studios for MLB Overtime Betting. Greg Peterson coming at you with another great podcast. And you know how much I love our guys from Odd Shark. They've been doing a tremendous job of helping us out all year long. And one of the main guys, Scott Hastings, is going to be joining me in the second segment. We're going to talk about the fact that Game 4 got rained out yesterday. It has been rescheduled for today with Zach Ranke and Masahiro Tanaka going on the mound. And in the final segment, I'll be giving you a side and total in that game. It's something I like to call touch them all. First things first, we go to the Twitter mailbag, and you can always fire in your questions at QuartyOne. one As always, tweet those into the timeline instead of via DMs. DMs mean does not manage to get answered on this podcast. Meanwhile, if you send it into the timeline, it gets streamlined right to the top of the show. And we got one interesting question, so let's get into it. So you have questions, and Greg may or may not have any insight into them, but let's dive into the Twitter mailbag. This one comes from Texas Forever at JM. Tom Sick at Juniors 41. Love your work. Do you like MLB or CBB better from a betting perspective? 
And I do like college basketball a little bit better. I enjoy both these sports because they're a little bit of a different dynamic. With baseball, it's a little bit more of a money line sport. All you need to do in a lot of cases is pick the winner. Unless if you're looking to mitigate juice, then you'll take the run line. Sometimes you'll take a run and a half with the underdog. But by and large, a little bit more of a money line sport. You just pick the winner. But with college basketball, for one, you have so many other options out there. With baseball, you have 30 professional teams. You can obviously go with a couple different bets. You can go with the first five and things of that nature. You can go action versus pitcher dependent. But with college basketball, you also have a lot of those options with being able to do a first half bet. Even during the NCAA tournament, we saw first five minute bet, things of that nature. There are becoming more diverse options in college basketball. Obviously, it's not available in every game between like Mount St. Mary's versus Fairleigh Dickinson or everything like that. But with that said, there are more options becoming available. And then you just have the sheer amount of teams like I was alluding to. 353 in college basketball versus 30 in the MLB. And I'm someone with my betting style of betting a little bit of everything. I thrive on volume. That is the way that I'm able to get things done. When I'm picking a very select amount of games, it's when I'm at my worst. When I'm at my best is when I've got so many bites at the apple. And during those college basketball Saturdays during conference play, you can have up to 150 different games. That gives you so many different options. Meanwhile, in baseball, you have a maximum 15 games if there's no rain out. If you have a rain out and you have a double header, then sometimes you have 16 or 17. But I just love the various amount of teams that you're able to bet on. I love being able to hone in on some of these lesser known teams as well because even in baseball, well, teams that you watch at least like the Baltimore Orioles, Kansas City Royals, you have so much information out there on them because they are still a professional baseball team. Meanwhile, when you get to college basketball, there's not as much information readily available between like Bucknell and Lehigh, and you notice that there's a lot less handle on those games, so the bookmakers are paying a lot more attention to like a Duke versus North Carolina as compared to maybe a Southland battle between Sam Houston State and Stephen F. Austin, games of that ilk, whereas even in Major League Baseball, these are so professional teams, so there are so people that are going to the window on it where I think the top handle game in baseball versus bottom handle game, the percentage is much, much smaller rather than the highest handle game in college basketball than it is at the lowest handle game. So hopefully that answers your question. I really do appreciate it. And typically we do dive into what we all saw yesterday, but well... There was nothing to be seen yesterday, and hopefully that won't be the case moving forward. And for all the games that you are able to attend and don't get rained out, Vivid Seats is the place to be to be able to buy tickets on all these games. Whether it's baseball, that's your fancy, college basketball, which obviously is on its way in the next couple weeks. And oh, by the way, shameless plug here, College Hoops Overtime, the betting edition, is hosted by myself as well. And we've got our Pac-12 preview out today, so be sure to tune into that. But whatever your sport is, Vivid Seats has you covered on all of it. And you can save up to $100 off of all tickets if you're a first-time customer and you punch into the app the promo code OVERTIME. That's all one word, O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E. And let's say live sporting events isn't necessarily your fancy. You want to go to a concert, some Something like that, a little bit of a special event that isn't sports related. Vivid Seats has you covered on all of it. Well, that is, once again, the promo code OVERTIME, all one word to receive up to $100 off of all tickets. And coming up next, a man that does a terrific job of being able to cover both MLB and college basketball. So we get a little bit of a two-for-one here, but he's going to be talking mainly baseball here, just like I mainly talk baseball, even though I do both sports. That is Scott Hastings of And that is on the way right here on MLB Overtime Betting. 
Greg is phoning a friend and going out to the Azunia hotline. We're back here on MLB Overtime Betting. Greg Peterson coming at you from the Vivid Seat Studios out here in lovely Las Vegas. The gentleman at Odd Shark have been a good friend of mine all year long, and it's great to have on one of those great gentlemen once again. You can follow him on Twitter at ScottyH underscore OS. This is a man that does a great job of keeping up with the MLB beat. When it comes to college basketball season, this man is going to be firing on all cylinders once again. Does a great job covering the MMA, boxing. You can catch him on guys and bets as well something that Unsharks does every single day you can catch the video feed of that on their social media platforms and scott hastings is my guest today scott you have joined this program so many times over the year and i've appreciated it every time how are you today well first of all i don't know how much of a gentleman i am but i'll don it for today always good to chat about baseball and we're winding down to the last what 10 games, I suppose, is all that could be left if we go seven in the Bronx and then seven in the World Series. Yep, maximum of 11 games left. And we know one team that's going to be in the World Series, the Washington Nationals. What was your biggest takeaway from that series? Because even though the Washington Nationals were able to get the sweep, I will say that their offense was a little bit inconsistent just because we saw in game four, they were able to put up seven runs with one on the bottom of the first And I don't know whether you give a little bit of a detriment to the Washington Nationals or you give a tip of the cap to the St. Louis Cardinals bullpen. But for the next seven and two thirds innings, they did not generate a single run. But by and large, Washington Nationals in that series, no doubt about it, even though I'm nitpicking a little bit, they were fantastic. It's funny, I figured you were going to ask about that series, and I was thinking about punches and bunches, and you just totally nailed it. It seemed that if they didn't get a runner on, either the first out or two outs, like it just seemed like, okay, we'll pack it in, we'll get the next inning. It almost seemed like if they got somebody on, they were going to score, and they were going to pile it on, and it seemed like they were all or nothing. That's a very interesting approach. I don't know if it was intentional, probably not, but just something that stood out to me was is exactly what you said is they had to get their punches in and if they were stagnant they just didn't do much the one thing that really stood out to me though is how anthony rendon did not win nlcs mvp and they gave it to howie kendrick blew my mind i disagree 100 percent. yeah if anything you give it to howie kendrick in the divisional series because he hit that big grand slam and extra innings i know he didn't do much for the rest of the series but man when he was able to get that grand slam obviously that kept the national season alive put an exclamation point on that game five so i am right there with you and obviously the nationals are a team that we're going to be talking about in future days. But right now, we've got one series at hand, the Houston Astros and the New York Yankees. Obviously, Game 4 on Wednesday, well, it did not happen due to rain, and it was supposed to be a bullpen game for both these teams. The Astros were deciding whether to go with Brad Peacock or Jose Urquidy. Meanwhile, with the Yankees, it was either going to be CeCe Sabathia and Jay Happ. We were probably going to see both pitchers for both sides, but... Now you get to reload the deck in game four. It is now going to be Zach Greinke versus Masior Tanaka. Who would you say gets a little bit more of an advantage due to the rainout? Because I've had a couple people on this podcast I've asked this question to. I heard one side say the Astros because he gets Zach Greinke back. I heard another side saying that the Yankees benefit because they get a little bit more rest for their bullpen. And I think that by and large, I would give the edge a little bit to the Astros just because... This is a team that is getting so many innings out of their starters. Yeah, I went Astros. I didn't think about the Yankees bullpen. That's an interesting point. But when I heard that the weather was going to be trash today, I was like, this 
is perfect for Houston. I don't think they're going to win. What is this game four? Four, yep. Uh, Lincoln here on the numbers, but uh, I don't think they're going to get that one. Greinke hasn't been that great in the playoffs. Tanaka has been a stud in the playoffs, especially so at home in his whole career. He's been just dynamite. So I think the Yanks get game four. However, the extra day rest for Verlander and Garrett Cole is just enormous, especially Garrett Cole. The guy's been an absolute stud. I think getting the full rest period that he should, like he would in the regular season, is going to pay off dividends, shut them down in the first time. We saw them earlier in the series. I lean more on the Astros getting their arms, it's specifically their starters, getting them well-rested. Verlander will go seven. Garrett Cole will go seven. I got the Astros to win the whole series. Yeah, I didn't think about the bullpen, though. That is an interesting point that I did not even think about, but I don't think it's enough. I don't think the starting pitching for the Yankees it just can't match up. I do agree with you, as we do have Scott Hastings of Oddshark joining me right here on MLB Overtime Betting. And with the New York Yankees, I do think that there's a little bit more value on this team now than I thought there would be a couple weeks ago, because we have seen with this Yankees lineup, even though the ball seems to be carrying a little bit less, people are talking about whether the juice ball has become unjuiced and a dead ball and everything mm. like that, they're still generating some home runs. Glaber Torres has two home runs in the series so far. We've seen Edwin Encarnacion and Gary Sanchez not really be able to do a lot in this series, but just the fact that their back is big, you've got Gio Rochelle and DJ LeMayu being able to reach base. I do think that this is a Yankees team that is going to be able to push the Astros at least a couple more games. I think that they at the very least have a chance to knock off the Astros in game four. I'm personally going to be going with the Astros in this spot, but I do think that it should be a competitive game. And I do think that the Yankees are really showing that they are the second best team out there in the league because I think whoever wins the series is going to be able to take care of the Nationals in the World Series. Yeah, I will definitely agree with that. I think the World Series comes to the American League this year. It's interesting you brought up two former Blue Jays, and that's going to bring me right into this point, and that was Gio Urshela and Edwin Encarnacion. And one of the big problems with the Blue Jays and why they couldn't advance further than they got to the ALDS twice, I believe, I can't recall here, they were all or nothing on the home run. And that's what we're sort of seeing with the Yankees is they can't manufacture the runs. Texas Rangers, same same thing. They got to the playoffs but they rely so heavily on the home runs. In October, in November, those things don't happen as much. The ball doesn't carry as much. Perhaps they're going away with the juice balls. Pitchers are a little more amped up. I like a team more like the Houston Astros, Kansas City Royals when they won their World Series. You know, teams that can consistently just move the train, get guys in second, score them, bring it around, keep going and going and going, and then they score four or five runs in that inning, and they don't need to put it out of the park. On the flip side of that, a team that can hit home runs is never out of a game, and that is what's dangerous, is you give up a walk or two, and then next thing you know, it's a three-run shot. I just don't I don't see them doing it. They can get it off Granke, and they can definitely get it off Verlander. He's had his struggles with home runs this year, so Game 5 is going to be really interesting with Verlander on the hill. I think if they're going to win the series, that's the game they have to win. I think... You're on the Astros. I'm taking Yankees, but I think Yankees get game four. So that'll nod it at two, if I'm correct here. Then it's that Verlander game that I think really swings the whole series. I think that that's a very good point that you bring up. And something else I look at with the New York Yankees, and I feel like it's lost on a lot of people, is the fact that they play a lot of their overs on the road rather than at home. They are the top over team in all of baseball on the road. Over 60% of their games have won over. Meanwhile, at home, 
more like 45 or 46 percent of their games have went over and i think this is so intriguing because we all talk about the short porch out there things of that nature and i actually chalk this up to the fact that the new york yankees have had to rely upon a lot of guys that they didn't necessarily think were going to be big contributors this year who thought that cameron maven dj lemayhew and Gio urshela were going to be given this team meaningful postseason at bats they didn't trade for edwin encarnacion until the middle of the regular season and then you also have John Carlos Stanton, who's still banged up for this team. And I think that it brings up a very interesting dynamic in that the Yankees, they do certainly have a good lineup, but it's not necessarily built for Yankee Stadium the way you would expect it to be. Yeah, Gio Urshela, geez, he was a castaway from Toronto. And then here he is. He had a terrific season and has carried it in the postseason pretty well. So is Glaber Torres. Like you mentioned him there a couple questions ago. And right now, if the Yanks were to win the series and he continues to play the way he is, he's very well could win the ALCS MVP. Hey, cash your tickets because I don't think he was high up on the list. It's so weird how some teams... The bats will come out in some place, but they won't in another. And as you mentioned, the short porch, they're built to hit the home runs there, but they just aren't doing it. And I don't know if that's just they've faced tougher pitching so far in the playoffs at home, or is it just one of those things? Oh, absolutely. As we do have Scott Hastings joining me right here on MLB Overtime Betting. And we're right now speculating as to who the Nationals are going to be playing in the World Series, whether it's the Yankees or the Houston Astros. Is it crazy for me to think that they would actually match up a little bit better with the Houston Astros just because with the Yankees and the Astros, both these teams certainly do have dominant hitting. I do think that it's pretty even up when it comes to the lineups because we talk about all the power that the Yankees have with the Houston Astros. Yuli Gurriel, Michael Brantley, Jordan Alvarez, George Springer, Jose Altuve, and Alex Bregman. I'll hit at least 280 with 20 plus home runs. That's not including Carlos Correa. So they certainly have all that firepower. But what you also notice with the Astros is that they do a little bit better against left-handed pitching than right-handed pitching. And I would say that with both these teams having three dominant starters, that the Nationals would probably match up a little bit better with the Houston Astros, maybe than the Yankees, just because the Yankees have probably the best four-headed monster in the bullpen of any team out there in the big leagues. Yeah, it was a big move, and I've had this debate at the Odd Shark office, the big move to shorten the game, you know, have a starter that can go five innings and then take the bullpen and they go six, seven, eight, nine, all she wrote. I am against this, and I don't know if I have the proper analytics to look into this. However, if you go with that style for seven games, for example, you're banking on that bullpen to be perfect in all in each appearance. So you're talking, let's say, seven games, four guys, an inning each. You know, you're talking 28 innings, if my math is correct there, of nobody having an off day. And that really scares me. I think if your starter is hurling, let them hurl. Let them throw seven, eight innings. Like, I just would rather that somebody that's out there and they're performing well with an arm that sure they look good in the bullpen, but then something just goes sideways. And then next thing you know, you've lost the game. And that's very important, especially if it is Washington Houston, where you got studs on both sides. So they could be very low scoring games. You know, I, I would tend to agree with that. Yeah, I think that it is going to be very interesting. And I think that we're both in agreement that regardless of who the Nationals play, they're going to wind up losing to whoever comes out in the American league in the world series. But what has been one thing that you've been really looking to bet here in these playoff games? Because I've noticed in the championship series, it's been very favorite heavy, and it's also been very heavily shaded to the unders. I believe that favorites are 5-2 and two and unders are 5-2 and two as well. And I feel like there's a lot of value in just 
laying the number on the money line and taking a lot of these unders as well, just because it does seem like the ball's a little bit different here in the playoffs than it was during the regular season. So I've been tracking it pretty good this postseason and 17 and 10, the favorites are so far. So you're definitely not wrong in that one. And you're seeing some of these stud arms that you're getting the line at a minus 130 or minus 135, where in the regular season, they were up, especially with Houston, with Verlander and Cole, minus 300 was not out of the question. I think there was an ugly game there against Detroit where we were seeing a minus 450. And of course, they've lost that game. But, you know, we're not seeing any minus 200s. I think there's only been one or two. So the money line play has been very, very profitable. And as you mentioned, the under, the pitchers, I find the pitchers just really clamped down in the postseason. And that's really what separates a good team from a bad team. And as I mentioned a little before there, about teams reliant so heavily on the home runs and the home runs go away. A, it's cooler. B, maybe they're switching the balls out. I don't know. But C, and most importantly, it's the pitchers are dialed in at this point and they know that it rides on their shoulders. And we see a bad performance like Dakota Hudson there for St. Louis, he, he got torched. It was horrible. And there's your season. It's over. That Dakota Hudson start. Oh, boy. And we've seen it a couple times this postseason. Ironically enough, game five of the Braves versus the St. Louis yeah. Cardinals, where the Cardinals just light up the Atlanta Braves for 10 runs in the first inning. And we even saw it in that Astros versus Rays series. The Rays jump all over Justin Verlander for like three or four runs. Then in the next game, the Astros... They jump all over the Tampa Bay Rays, and it feels like the first inning has really been deciding a lot of these postseason games, which you don't expect because you always expect these postseason games to be coming down to the bullpens and everything like that. And we've certainly had our fair share of that, but I've never seen a postseason in which we've seen so many just absolutely insane first innings. Yeah, for the overbetters, they've been pretty happy with this because it gets settled nice and early for them. That's interesting. I haven't looked at the numbers too closely that specific for that, but it does seem that if you get out of the second or third inning and it's a tight ball game, we're not seeing the overcash. We're not seeing these bullpens implode, which I always fear. That's why you know I lean towards the starting pitcher, let him roll. We're seeing that that early first inning, second inning, third inning, and then the overcashes. If not, it's an under all day. So that might be something to look at for some live betting. If you see that big over, and for that matter, it seems that those overs that cash in that St. Louis Atlantic series, that after that big inning, there's not many runs afterwards. So perhaps an under for that live play where, let's say, seven runs are scored in the first inning. They have a total set at 12. Maybe the unders to play there. You already cash your over early. You know, hit both sides. But I'm not going to complain. Oh, not at all. When you're able to know exactly what your bet is right away, it allows you to do other things like watch Desperate Housewives or something like that. So <laughs> never necessarily a bad thing. And something that is always a good thing is the work that Scott Hastings does for Odd Shark. I'd like to close it up with this. Let the good people know what you're all doing since I know that you're one of the main guys on the Odd Jerk Baseball Beat, but I know that you do a lot of other things, including college basketball, which is less than three weeks away, by the way. You guys know me. I do college hoops overtime betting, so we're going to have Scott on there. That'll be a lot of fun. I know you're working on that, as well as a variety of other things, including combat sports. Yeah, it's been uh, nonstop. we got a few big boxing matches coming up recently. A massive UFC event starting on November 2nd with Jorge Masvidal, Nate Diaz. So I'm just covering it all and chipping in where I can on this podcast and having fun and watching sports. 
Absolutely. There is nothing better than that, getting paid to watch sports. Believe me, I will never complain a day in my life about that. So big thanks to Scott Hastings for joining me right here on MLB Overtime Betting. And coming up next, I give you a side in total in a game four that I hope does not get rained out today. In a little something I like to call Touch Em All. Welcome back to MLB Overtime. Greg is throwing a gem, so yeah, you better not blow it. And big thanks to our good buddy Scott Hastings of Odd Shark for joining me in the last segment as we're back here in the Vivid Seat Studios for MLB Overtime Betting. Now it is that time of the podcast in which I give you a side and total on Game 4 of the ALCS in something I like to call Touch Em All. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Note that if there is a change as made to these two plays, it's going to be noted up on my Twitter feed at GNRSQuarty1. Both these plays are all locked in, good to go, bet on, and everything like that, so you don't have to worry about that. And a place that has you all good to go, and they have so many different options for betting on these playoff games, along with betting on the NFL. You can even do like fantasy props in the NFL. They're going to have college basketball lines when that is all up. That is my friends at MyBookie. If you go to MyBookie.ag, type in the promo code OVERTIME. That is all one word, O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E. You are able to get your first deposit doubled. And that is up to $1,000 if you're a first-time customer. MyBookie has you covered with a little bit of everything. And it is a place where you play, you win, and gosh darn it, you get paid. So a big thanks to them. And a big thanks to Mother Nature for hopefully giving us a game today as it's 919-920 on the bank rotation. Houston Astros on the road facing off against the New York Yankees. Masahiro Tanaka goes for the Yankees. Meanwhile, Zach Greinke on the bump for the Houston Astros. Your total on this game ranging between 7.5 and 8.5. You don't see this very often as on the 8.5, that is at William Hill over under, both at minus 110. On the 8s, the over is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 110. The under is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. And then the 7.5 is currently available at Circa. That has has juice of minus 125 to the over. Under is plus 105. If you're taking a look at the New York Yankees in the spot, going to be laying anywhere between minus 122 and minus 130. Meanwhile, plus price here on the Houston Astros, anywhere between plus 112 and plus 115. And this is a spot where I do have to take a look at the Houston Astros. I really do like Zach Granke as a pitcher. He gives up less than a home run per nine innings. By and large, he's been a little bit inconsistent during his postseason career. Postseason ERA hovering right around a four, but he does a very good job of being able to pitch on the road. If you take a look at his home and road splits, he's actually got a better road ERA than he does a home ERA this year. And that's with bouncing around with two teams. I recognize that he wound up giving up three runs at his last start, but when you take a look at his start when he was with the Arizona Diamondbacks when he pitched at Yankee Stadium, he gave up two runs in that start. Meanwhile, with Masahiro Tanaka, he's a much better home pitcher than he is a road pitcher. His road ERA hovering right around a six for the season. At home, it declines to right around a three, and we have obviously saw what he was able to do in game one. He goes six innings, gives up one hit. That was terrific. And you are going to have a rested New York Yankees bullpen. But with the Houston Astros, this is a team that I think is going to be able to get to Tanaka. I know that they don't hit as well against right-handed pitching as they do left-handed pitching. But you've got Alex Bregman, Michael Brantley, Yuli Gurriel, 
Jordan Alvarez, George Springer, Jose Altuve. All guys that during the regular season hit at least a 280 with 20-plus home runs. And for the New York Yankees, Labor Torres has been absolutely terrific for this team. During the regular season, he had 38 home runs, and he's really been the costume for them all year long. Hitting a 280, he's already got two home runs in this series. And then for the New York Yankees, this is a team that, as I mentioned with Scott Hastings, they've been playing fewer overs at home than they have been on the road just because you have a little bit of a mismatch of pieces, and you got a lot of guys that are struggling in this series. Aaron X, Gio Rochella, Gary Sanchez, Didi Gregorius, Brett Gardner, Edwin Encarnacion. List of guys that are all hitting below the Mendoza line in this series. Now, Gigi LeMayu at the top of the lineup has been hitting a 385 in this series, so that's been very good, but you've also got some guys for the Houston Astros like Josh Reddick that are starting to step up. He was able to get a home run in Game 3. It was big for this team. Even Martin Maldonado and Robin Cicurinos at the catcher spot have been doing a good job as well. And for the Houston Astros, though their bullpen is not quite as good as the New York Yankees, you've got the four-handed monster out there. Guys like Roberto Azuna and Will Harris have been able to step up for this bunch, so you do have to like that. You're going to have Brad Peacock and Jose Urquidy in the bullpen if this is a little bit of an extended game. I do recognize that the winds are blowing out at about 15 to 20 miles per hour because of the very same weather formation that wound up postponing the game on Wednesday, but I do think that with both these pitchers, they are going to be able to keep the ball in the yard, and for some reason, the Yankees have been playing a lot of unders in this ballpark, and if you take a look at actual ballpark factors across baseball, Baseball, Yankee Stadium is actually in the top five for being pitcher friendly. I feel like people do not recognize this. And because the Yankees have picked up so many pieces along the way, they're not necessarily built for Yankee Stadium. And that's why I give a little bit of an edge here to the Houston Astros. So for that reason, I'm going to be playing the total under and I'm going to be playing the Houston Astros. I've already locked in both these bets. Unless if something completely unforeseen happens, that's what I'm going to be riding with. So you could choose the tail or you could choose the fade. I do not mind. But what I do enjoy is the fact that we had Scott Hastings, Vod Shark, joining me right here on this fine podcast, which you can subscribe to on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. I'll be with you guys every day throughout the postseason here in baseball, obviously. The amount of days is a little bit numbered at this point, as we don't know how many games the World Series is going to go, but I appreciate it as always. And let's make today a successful, profitable, and fun one. I'll talk to you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in.